let's be honest, this is not the easiest part of master swimming, but it is a part that can be mastered if you will take the steps to do it. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And with me today is my wonderful sister-in-law and my co-host. Hey, Maria. Hey, Kelly. Today? It's good to be here today. It's great to see you. And we are going to talk about a very interesting and incredibly important topic to swimming, and that is the start of a race. And we're going to be talking today about pool starts, not open water starts, which are a completely different animal, but just starts. And we're going to use this beautiful dynamic that you and I have of you being a new master swimmer and me having a lot of experience at starting. And Tour we're going to talk men about mentee. Well, yes. And also just anyone listening that may not even know what they need to ask to make their starts better. Kelly's but, been, I want you all to know Kelly's been laughing hysterically at me. <laughs> no, it was just something you said. Because I was asking was just, a silly question. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't a silly question. It was just a question. It's like asking, how does one swallow right. when you think about it? And so that's why it's so important to talk about this stuff. So I asked Maria, and I'm going to ask you again, what is the first thing when you think you've got a swim meet coming up, your first pool swim meet coming up, and you know that there is a starting block involved, what comes to your mind first to say, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do a meet. What do I need to know about starts? What do you want to ask? The very first thing is, when do you go to the, how do you know where to go to the edge of the pool? And when do you go to the edge of the pool? Is there a list somewhere with a time? How do you, I've yes. never. Okay. Never okay. So let's start right there. Cause that is a great question. And if you'll know, if you know any little kid that's ever been to a swim meet, a lot of them will have written on their wrist or their forearm, their heat and lane. So the, right. everyone gets assigned. The heat, which means a group of eight people is a heat. It might be a group of six people if there are only six lanes. It might be a group of 10 people if there are only 10 lanes. But it's your group is that group of eight. First group is heat one, heat two, heat three, heat four. Kind of logical. That's not a big aha moment. And then your lane is whether you're in lane one through eight, usually. And usually the fastest timed, the fastest seed times are in the middle lanes and they alternate fastest in four, five, three, six, two, seven, one, eight. So the outside lanes are usually have the slower seed time. Doesn't mean they can't win the heat, but they just entered a slower time. So, so you're assigned that. It is, you're assigned that prior. So when it is time for you to swim your race, you will say, oh, okay, I'm in heat three, lane two, and now they're in heat one. So usually I go behind my lane, a, a heat, and probably two heats before, depending on how long okay. that event is. If it's okay. a mile, I go, you know, there's a mile in the water, then I go the heat before. If, they're fit, if we're swimming 50s and I'm in heat eight, I might go behind the block at heat two because those 
50s are only going to take 30 seconds. So are you gathering just, there with other people? Then, you're, I guess? you're gathering there with a ton of people. You can see everybody's kind of queuing okay. up okay. or lining okay. up to get behind their lane. Then when it the heat before you finishes, you will hear one of the meet officials do three short whistles to say the next heat is coming up. Get behind your lane. And so you're not getting on the block yet. And then one long whistle, and that means get on the block. So follow, you know, what heat lane you're in. There'll be when the heat before you finishes, there are three short whistles. That means step up behind your block and then one long whistle, and then you step up on the block. And then very shortly after you hear that long whistle, you're up on the block. You want to get to the front of the block and curl your toes around the front edge as you're going to be leaping forward into the water. Then shortly after you get on that block, there is not a lot of hesitation or time. That starter is going to say, swimmers, take your mark. So you need to, once you hear that long whistle, that's when the heart rate goes up and like, okay, I'm going to be in the water here within probably 10 seconds. Oh, wow. Okay. And so when they say swimmers, take your mark, is that when you lean over? Yes. So first, I want to say here that if this is already intimidating to you as a new (laughs) swimmer, then you don't have to, in master swimming, you don't have to start on the top of the block. You you don't have to start. You could start on the edge of the pool. You can start in the pool. So you do not have to start on the block. But when they say, take your mark, your toes are curled around the front edge, then if there is a starting wedge behind your block, which is like, the track starts they use in track when they're on the track there's a slanted wedge platform a starting platform behind you you can put your back strongest leg on that your front toe stays curled around the front and then when they say take your mark you bend over your hands usually are on the front edge and then throw yourself forward in the most streamlined position to keep your goggles on you put your chin on your chest and you try to get into a clean hole. But let's stop. Let's back up because I know you have questions from there. Right. So you actually grab the front of the block with your hands. Yes. To help push yes. you off or pull you. You push forward with your fingers. So you okay. you throw yourself forward with your feet. Your head goes <laughs> forward. Your hands push you off. It's really a natural motion. It's just if somebody says go and you want to lunge forward as fast as you can, all of your natural instincts are going to be to throw yourself forward. Of course, this is a great thing to practice and practice if you can. Sometimes pools, if you swim on your own, don't allow you to use the starting blocks. But if you do, you always want to be in deep water and you want to practice off the edge first. And then you want to work your way to the block. I'm using a lot of ballet analogies that I'm back into ballet, but it's kind of like being on point. It's easy to dance in regular ballet flats, but to be on point requires balance and experience and practice, a lot of practice. So getting on the top of the starting block is a real accomplishment. You haven't even asked about the scary part of being on the block. Do you have any questions on that? Right. Well, so because you're way high up. Yeah, I do. I mean, having never, I don't think I've ever even been on a starting block. I've seen them in the Olympics and I've you know, seen, obviously seen lots and lots of swim meets where they start on the block and they spring out 
Does it seem high? Is it a long way? Do you tend to go too deep? So when you get up on the block and you are standing on the block, if you stand all the way up tall, which I used to do and I don't do anymore because I don't like that feeling anymore. As I've aged, I don't enjoy situations where I feel like if I have a balance issue that I'm going to fall and you are on a concrete slab, you know, have three quarters of where you are is a concrete slab. I mean, the front quarter is water, which is where you would want to go if you did happen to fall. But if you fell back or you fell to the left or you fell to the right. So do when people ever fall? Up, have you seen people fall? There, I have. It's rare. It's rare. But people do fall if, if they don't use all the tools that we're going to talk about. So if you're a six foot tall person, the block on average is probably three feet off the deck. So mm-hmm. your eye level is going to be about nine feet wow. off of a concrete slab. So it's pretty tall. I mean, you're up there. And that, again, at five foot eight that I am, it used to not bother me at all. I literally could hop up like on one foot and stand up there and stand tall. And you'll notice you're probably 12 feet, 11 feet above the water. So you're up there. there. Let's be honest. This is not the easiest part of master swimming, but it is a part that can be mastered if you will take the steps to do it, which is one, start off by starting off the edge in a in maybe your deepest diving well and learn to dive through a hole. And we haven't even talked about the entry into the water. Right, we are right. only talking about leaping off the block at this point. So when you are standing up there, you're tall. So what I have now implemented, and I notice a lot of older masters athletes, even if they're real, really fast masters athletes, I keep my head low. So when the long whistle comes, it's time to climb on the block. And I will say there is a intermediate step between the deck and the top of the block. So it's two small steps to the top of the block. And then once I get on the block, I go immediately into the crouched position. So I'm literally three feet lower than my head would normally be. And I just stay like I'm in the take your mark position. Okay. Immediately, I go straight from. Is your butt in the air? The deck. My butt is in the air. Okay. My butt is in the air. You I'm, climb my up leg, there. You put my your legs hands on the front. Your legs are bent. Your and my, if there's a starting wedge behind me, a track start wedge, then my foot is on that. I just go straight to that, and I'm down. My arms are more relaxed. My hands are still on the front of the block, and then when the starter says "take your mark," then I tighten up. Okay. Get ready to launch. I got you. So, I got you. Okay. And that makes me feel a lot more balanced. It's if you had a two by four between here and your neighbor's house and you had to go from one house to the next, 12 feet off the ground, would you feel more comfortable walking on that or would you be feel more comfortable crawling? <laughs> as low as you could get. I'm as sure. low as you could. And so right. that's what I do. I stay low to where I'm going to be at the lowest. Okay. Okay. Are you terrified now already? <laughs> no, I'm not terrified yet. It's just because I haven't been up there. I think if I got up there, I'd probably be terrified. But see the importance of just, since I never dive in my swim workouts, of getting the start, of learning the proper start dive, right? That's probably the most yes. important thing. Yes. And so this is just, that statement is so powerful, Maria, because... This is something if one wants to 
inner meets and improve their times. Again, not competing against anyone but yourself. But the start is such low-hanging fruit for improving, especially if you swim 50s and 100s, because there's never a time during your race when you're going faster than off your start. Okay. You are propelling yourself through the water. And if you can stay in a streamlined position and get your kick powered behind it and start the momentum of that race in a flying, beautiful, streamlined entry, that is going to cut off seconds potentially. Remember from our uh, streamlined stretch that we often talk about, the streamlined stretch right. where you're biceps are tightly behind your head and your hands are overlapped. If you can learn to get into a hole in the water cleanly, you don't have a lot of drag on the water, then you're going to go faster. And that's going to take practice. And all this stuff takes practice. And having done almost a thousand starts, my start is not very good because I'm a distance swimmer and I don't go after the 50s and the 100 and the low-hanging fruit to say, oh, I could take my 50 time down a full second because I just have never focused on that. So this is an area that I could use a ton of work on. And like you said, the powerful statement that you said is you just never do it. So right. if it's something that one wants to improve on, it's so easy to do if you just practice it. Would you practice it once a week or once every couple of weeks? How often would you practice? I, so I would just say, after each practice, I'm going to do one start. And if you don't have a good starting block, do it off the edge of the pool. Just the start edge with of the that pool. anyway, because I don't even know how I'm going to oh, land yeah. in the water. For sure, you should start with the edge of the pool. For sure, for any start, the minimum starting depth is five foot eight inches of water. But it needs to have a minimum. It could be very dangerous. Okay. All right, Maria, any other questions on... We talked yeah. about goggles falling yeah. off, yeah. which is I, just putting your chin on your chest. Right. And if your goggles do fall off, I guess you just keep swimming. If your goggles get loose or whatever. Oh, or and that's a great question. The school of thought that I was taught, and this is what I do, your goggles go around your neck. They're going to be hard to get off, but you're going to swim a slow, crappy time anyway. If your goggles are around your neck for an entire race, you're, that race is kind of a throwaway. But if they just happen to fill up with water and yeah. kind of lay down on your cheek, I would rip your goggles off as soon as possible and swim without any goggles. The ability to get them off of your face immediately and get them off. Okay. But you should really not lose your goggles if you're practicing. Okay. I, I, again, in a thousand races, I've probably lost my goggles five times. Okay. Next question is, so you're, you dive, you do a beautiful, very streamlined dive. Then you're underwater doing your little dolphin kicks. Right. And then what happens? You come to the top. Do you pull your, this is probably a stupid question, but do you pull your arms back and then rise up? Or do you come up in that, in that streamlined position and then start? You come up in the stream. Yeah. Okay. If you come up in the streamlined position, your natural instinct is going to be to catch start. water and okay. pull it behind you. Okay. Yes. And a good start, how quickly do you pop up? And the well, longer the better, you know, if you're underwater. Yeah, you want to kicking. It's a it's a fine line between taking your first stroke before you lose momentum. So okay. for different people, that's going to be different things. If you can do a powerful six, like my husband Mark can do seven really powerful dolphin kicks 
off of a start. Wow. Not, yeah, and not lose his momentum. And then he takes his first stroke after his seventh dolphin kick. Wow. And our beautiful NC State swimmer, who was an NCAA champion, who came through and trained with the Melbourne Masters, she does nine dolphin kicks. Wow. Serena Rowe. She's amazing. And How she does do nine do? dolphin kicks. I do one. I okay. literally like just dive right in up. and I pump one powerful kick and then I'm up. And okay. the part about maintaining momentum that anyone can do, though, is you don't need a breath in the first probably four strokes. Okay. I would say four would be a minimum. It's, again, a sprinter might take one breath in an entire 50, but you've just had a giant gulp of air as you in the, you're in the air and you want to grab as much air as you can. And then when you hit the water, you're holding your breath, you dolphin kicking, and you don't need air on those first four strokes. Again, this is the fastest you're ever going during a race. And okay. so keep that momentum going. Take four strokes if you can. Maybe butterfly, no. And breaststroke, of course. Breaststroke, no. You're going to, breaststroke is a different right, animal, but you're still going to do the start. Freestyle. You're going to do one dolphin kick or, yeah, we're talking about freestyle or butterfly on okay. what we've just talked about. Okay. 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 Yeah. Do, but breaststroke, you're allowed one dolphin kick. Butterfly, you're allowed as many dolphin kicks as you want. As long as, and then, and this is the other part that newbies don't have to worry about it. Generally, master swimmers don't have to worry about it. Even my husband is a master swimmer who does seven dolphin kicks. You cannot stay underwater past the 15 meter mark. So if you were some crazy dolphin kicker and you could get all the way underwater to the first wall, that's illegal. You have to come up at the 15 meter mark. Your head has to break the surface. Marked by the flag. It's marked by a different colored buoy on the lane rope. Oh, okay. And you, yeah. And it's very hard unless you're just, again, world class that you're going to, you're going to come up past that buoy. Okay. Not something I have to worry about now or ever. Not something I have to worry about. Not something very few. I don't even, I don't even think Dan Latano or Erica Braun has to worry about that. And they're two of the top sprinters, young, strong sprinters. In fact, maybe we should say that the words Erica Braun and Dan Latano in every interview or in every show, (laughs) because it's like Reacher said nothing in the Jack Reacher novels. The author always says, Reacher said nothing a million times. I'm a new master swimmer. So at this point, I'm really just trying to get the feel of my stroke. As we've talked about before, I'm working on learning how to do a proper flip turn. I'm learning how to grab the water, how to roll. And But I like the idea that this is like flip turns. You should look at some videos perhaps and think about it and practice it. I'm not sure that they'll let me practice it at the pool where I work out. I'll have to, I'll have to ask the lifeguards. They have starting blocks, but I don't think it's... I don't think it's five foot, eight inches deep, but I feel like that I know what pool you're talking about. And that's not the ideal place to practice on the blocks. It's very shallow. I'm even surprised they let anybody start there. Okay. Okay. So I wouldn't practice. You could definitely practice from the edge. Yeah. But I wouldn't put you on the top of the block there at that pool. Okay. Yeah. So just, yeah. I mean, I remember trying to just teach my own kids how to dive into the water. I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, I'm beyond that. I can dive, but I'm not sure I can do a proper racing dive. So I'd like to get some coaching on that. Well, Maria, let me just tell you that, you know, we started this particular episode to help you going into a master's meet. But I have to say that I'm coming away with this as, wow, this is free speed. And I have been neglecting it. And it really makes me excited to 
to make that commitment and practice a couple of starts. I'm going to start it tomorrow. In fact, I'm going to make a promise to you that tomorrow <laughs> I'm going to start my one dive because it's so important. It really is. It's just the big takeaway is, gosh, what practice is called practice? Right. Like, how can you not practice right. one of the most, the quickest part of a pool race? You, even if you're going off the edge, it's yeah. still going to make you faster. Right. Even if, if you're, you're ready starting for this, in the pool, you can... it, even if you're starting in the water, right. You're still could, you could drop in, you could streamline, stretch more. You could really make right. a difference. So right. I'm so happy we talked about this, if nothing <laughs> else, just purely selfishly. And yeah, thank you, Maria. And thank you. yeah, any, anything else before we close? I think there's a lot for me to think about and practice. And I think I'm going to go like I did with flip turns and look at some videos and think about and visualize it tonight while I'm in bed, what it would feel like, and then go out to the pool practice, at least from the edge. Yeah, from the edge. And so we are going to close by saying swim like no one's watching. And now we're going to say dive like no one's watching, right? <laughs> Start like no one's watching. Yeah. <laughs> to do everything like no one's watching. Yeah, we should do everything. We should dance like no one's watching and sing like no one's listening. And are we recording like no one's listening? That would be, I guess that's what we really do anyway, right? Yeah. Is anyone listening? We want to know. Is anyone listening, right? No, we know a lot of you guys Thank have reached you all. out. We Thank really, you for listening. yeah, we really appreciate it. But I think all we right, do let's... record as if nobody was listening. I think we, you know, we, at least I do. I don't think about the listeners when we're. I just oh, wish okay. we were recording when you cracked me up so much that I could not get a hold of myself at the beginning of this. I wish we had been recording this. That was one of the best belly laughs I've had in a long time. And it wasn't at your expense for you. It was just the odd phrasing of, ready? Oh, my God. Here we okay. go. What if I landed badly? Why is it odd? That's called a belly flop, isn't it? Isn't everybody afraid of that? <laughs> no, you didn't say belly flop. You said it so genteelly and so sweetly and so like, what if I land badly? It just, it's just like if you just said, what if I had a belly flop? What if I splash? What if I don't land right? It was just funny. It was just the way you said, what if I land badly? It just, I don't know. Yeah. It just struck, it struck a chord and cracked me up. Which is one of the reasons I love you, Maria. Love you make you me too, laugh in a most beautiful way. All right. <laughs> love you too, Kelly. Thanks, Maria. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Champions Mojo podcast. Did you enjoy the show? We'd be grateful if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. And we'd also love to hear from you. We're on all social media platforms, or you can reach us at championsmojo.com.